My name's Greg Surratt, and I wanted to say thank you for your generous contribution to the retreat at Church Creek this year. We started the retreat a little over a year ago to combat burnout in pastors. Recent surveys have indicated that about 42% of pastors are in some form of burnout and in danger of quitting. Can you imagine what would happen if nearly half the pastors in America just gave up? Can you imagine the impact on our churches and on our families and even on our nation? We can't let that happen. That's why we've created the Retreat at Church Creek. Our mission is to help pastors live well and finish strong, and it's working. Since our inception, we've served nearly 800 leaders with almost 90% reporting being more hopeful at the end of the four days together. Over 44% report the time as literally being life-changing. I was encouraged, I was refreshed, I made incredible friends, uh, was recharged and ready to get back out uh, for this next season of ministry, and I'm super thankful. I just came back from the retreat at Church Creek a couple weeks ago. I just cannot get over how much God moved in my heart and the heart of others while we were there. Met lifelong friends. Um, this week has changed my life, so thank you so much continue to do this because you're changing lives. You're not just changing lives, you're changing churches. And I was refreshed, revived, and it was all thanks to people like you, who through your generous giving, were able to sponsor somebody like me who would have never been able to go if it wasn't for you being a blessing to others. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for your giving. We are better because of you. Pastors need it, and we're so grateful. Thank you. They leave with a feeling not only hopeful, but well-rested and surrounded by a band of brothers or sisters to take the journey with them. Thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for caring about the well-being and mental health of those who lead us. I can only imagine the eternal return on your investment. Thank you for helping us help pastors live well and finish strong. Thank you. I know that guy. You have never lived until you turn around to look at the screen and your nose is the size of Mount Everest. You know what I mean? I want to welcome all of you uh, here today. Glad you're here. I want to welcome those of you who are part of our global family. Uh, glad you're online. Maybe you're at one of our campuses. Uh, we're so glad that you are here. Let me just uh, talk about a couple of things and get into what I want to talk to you about. First of all, um, this is um, in, Inside Track uh, Sunday at all of our campuses. Inside Track is where newcomers, if you're fairly new to the church or you really haven't been plugged in yet, great place to do that. Debbie and I used to host this in our home years ago, and then there got to be too many of you, and it was great getting to know folks. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the church, really, to be honest with you, in the years of building this. And uh, so if you, you haven't gotten connected or maybe you don't, haven't met a lot of people uh, we'd love you to, to be a part of Inside Track. Your campus pastor will tell you a little bit more about how to do that. And, and then uh, secondly, I want to talk to you about the legacy offering, which will be next week and the week after. And uh, some of you, well, what we do at the end of the year is we just, um, you know, we, we ask you to pray about your participation in, um, in projects that, that we have. Here's how we do it at Seacoast. We want to put put high pressure. We just tell you what we've got. Uh, we, we set goals, and then we like to say the congregation um, uh, kind of uh, 
sets the pace of how, how soon we do things. And there are things like the retreat at Church Creek. Some of you have already given. Thank you. Others of you will give. You can give either directly uh, to the retreat at uh, retreat at churchcreek.org, or you can give a gift to Seacoast and just mark that as uh, the retreat. Others of you will, your heart uh, uh, really is moved by um, the Bible translation project that we have, which I think is incredible. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, pay for translating the Bible to a, a group of people that don't have the Bible in their language. Uh, we've got next generation um, uh, goals and projects. We've got uh, building projects at several of our campuses. And all we're doing is asking you to pray Pray about that and pray for it. Some of you have already given. I mean, over a half million dollars has already been given uh, toward this, if you can imagine that. Um, and uh, some of you will give in the next two weeks. We're, we're asking you to consider giving in the next two weeks. Some of you will give toward the end of the year, you know, through the end of the year as you have uh, opportunity to do so. But we gave out legacy bracelets. Did you get those? I wanted to talk to you about the most creative use of a legacy bracelet that I've seen this week. I want to show a picture of my grandson. It's an opportunity to do that too. Uh, Kingston, uh, who played soccer this week, had a great game, but he had a problem. His shoe broke. Take a look at the next picture. His shoe came apart. And so here's what they did. Look at the next picture. Is We just took a couple of legacy bracelets and we, we put his shoe together. And he scored two goals on legacy. Can you believe that? Two goals. So anyway. Those things are great. Just use them however you want to. All right, so what I want to do, we're in a series right now that we're calling The Word at Work. And we're talking about our work. And what does God say about it? What does God's Word say about what we do in the marketplace? Here's a question. How much does God really care about my work? Do, do I have a specific purpose in life with my work and how do I find that? In fact, that's one of the biggest questions over the years that people have asked me. What is my purpose? I mean, how do you find your, your, your purpose? And in fact, Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. But it can be frustrating. Is there a specific purpose for my work? If so, how do I find it? What if I go through my whole life and never find it? Well, I want, I want to say confidently to you today, I think, I believe that there will be many of us who will walk out of this room or wherever you happen to be watching with a new perspective on that. You're going to find your purpose today. I really do believe that. I believe there are going to be some aha moments from God's word in what we share today. I'm very excited about bringing this message. Um, and I got an extra hour of sleep, so I, I'm revved up and ready to go. Where do you start with this? Does God care about my work? Let's start at the beginning. At the beginning. Genesis, the book of Genesis, is a great place to search for answers about the nature of God, your purpose, and your work. Believe it or not, it, it's there. It's the book of beginnings. And in Genesis, especially the first chapters, God reveals foundational principles about his character that will weave all through his story all the way to where you sit here Today, So I want to look at a, a passage in uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, and, uh, and let's just read it. I'll, I'll read it, and you can kind of follow along. Then God said, let us, that's interesting, let us, 
He didn't say, let me, let us. God is a team. Uh, it's the, the first mention of God, Elohim. He identifies himself as and re reveals that there is a team, that God is one, but there are three aspects, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, that's not totally revealed in Genesis, but that's a clue at the very beginning that, that there is more to God than what we think. He says, God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. Now, is that all the food that God gave? At that point, it was. Apparently, uh, he included meat along the way, although vegetarian diet's probably the best. Uh, I, I could say that I'm not a vegetarian, but some of you are. But there are allowances for meat. We know that from the New Testament um, in, in studying, you know, what they argued over and a lot of that kind of thing. But he says, I give you all of that for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So what you just had described was the sixth day of creation. And then what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. Do you rest? Do you have a, do you have a Sabbath day? Do you say, well, man, I'm in a startup. It's so busy. This is one of the busiest startups I've ever seen in my life right here. <laughs> and God says, I rested. And the sixth day was the crown of creation when he created man in his image. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you about three ideas that I, I, I think are very apparent in here about how God thinks about our work and does God really care about my work. God cares about my work because, number one, I am made in his image. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Would you agree with me that the greatest compliment you can have as a parent or especially as a grandparent is somebody says, they're just like you. In fact, I, I emphasize that to my grandkids. When they do something really good, I say, you know, you're just like your papa. You know, that's, that's where you got that. I want you to know that. When they do something that's not as good, well, that's from the other side of the family. You know, I mean, you just got, I have all kinds of folks. But made in his image, we are the crown jewel of God's creation. In the Latin, they call it imago Dei, the image of God. We are the image of God. Animals are not made in the image of God. They're created by God. They're to be treated well. In fact, if you looked at the Old Testament law, you see a lot of, a lot of things about how you treat animals. and They're a creation of God, but they're not stamped with his image. In fact, the beauty of creation is not created in the image of God. Creation is, is wonderful. In fact, I, 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 I feel God, sense God more in the outdoors than anywhere else. 
there are a few people that are like me here. You, you get outdoors and you just feel God. That's, it, God created all of that, but it is not stamped with his image. You and I are stamped and made in the image of God. If God had an iPhone, you would be his, uh, his screensaver, okay? If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be in it. You are created in the image of God. Now, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? You know, obviously, we human beings are different than all of creation. We can reason. We have complex language. We solve difficult problems. We create. We can describe our thoughts and feelings. We have the ability to reflect and learn from that. But there's more to it than that. See, let me explain it this way. Created, made in the image of God. What does that mean? When we read this text, um, it's set in ancient kingdoms. You need to understand that about the Bible. A lot of times we just read the Bible as if they were just like us. And in a lot of ways they were. And a lot of the things transpose. But it's important to have context. A lot of times we transfer our context onto Scripture and kind of get it kind of out of, out of whack. Well, this is written in uh, uh, ancient kingdoms, and they understood. They would have been familiar with this stamped with an image because they, they would have been familiar with a king's image. In those days, kingdoms or countries were sometimes real small, sometimes they're just a city, but sometimes it was large, and travel was slow, and a king obviously couldn't be everywhere at once. So what they would do is they would erect images of that king. Maybe it's 500 miles from where the king ruled, but when you came to an image of the king, you knew who was in charge in this area. You see what I'm saying? Because the image of the king was there. They would also uh, do the same thing with images of gods. In fact, in the Bible, a lot of times there's this whole thing about idols and images and wheat. You know, we uh, transfer that concept of idols. You know, what is your idol? And we've got all kinds of things that we say today that might be your idol, and that's okay. But in the, in, in the original or, or when it was written, idols were very real. There were, there were gods, and they were, um, they were uh, uh, rocks that were uh, carved out with the image of a god or an idol. And now the idols were, or the idols or the rocks or the images were not considered the gods themselves, but they were statues that let you know that the God, whatever it was, was in some mysterious way present. Okay, so I, I want you to kind of get the background. So you've got images erected of a king for a kingdom that let you know who was in charge, who was leading. This territory is led by this king. And you had images of gods or idols that said this god or idol is over this area. So that's what they would have understood. And in that context, it says we are created to be image bearers of the one true God, Imagadeo. We are the image bearers. Human beings, Adam and Eve and you and I were created to be a graphic image of the creator, a formal, visible, and understandable representation of who God is and what he is really like. Now, thinking people will go, wow, where did that go off the rails? And that went off the rails in Genesis chapter 3 when sin 
was introduced into this whole story. Here's a question. Did sin destroy the image of God? Did sin destroy the image of God? No. It just disfigured it. That's why a lot of people, and listen to me, I'm not just talking about Christians. You know, sometimes, have you ever heard it said, or maybe you've said it, boy, there, there are people outside the church or that don't know Jesus that are a lot nicer, look more like God than people in the church. Have you heard that? A lot of times, that's kind of a broad kind of a whatever, but it can happen. Why? Because everybody are image bearers. God created everybody as image bearers. And what happens is sin, and the more you submit to it, mars the image of God that people see. It disfigures that we lose our moral purity. Our intellect is corrupted by falsehoods and misunderstandings. Our speech no longer glorifies God. Our relationships oftentimes are governed by selfishness rather than love, okay? So you run into people in the church, outside the church, and they don't look like God at all. So, so what's up with that? Well, that's because of sin. But the good news is that Jesus came as the perfect Imago Dei. You, you want to know what God looks like? You look at Jesus. He is the perfect reflection of who God is. And by his spirit and by his word, you and I are being transformed little by little into a more accurate reflection of who God is. And here's the plan. That God disperses us into the schools and into the marketplace and into the public square and into the political spaces. Can I say politics? Vote. Okay, go vote. Don't complain if you don't vote, all right? Don't complain if you don't vote. I already voted. I already voted. I didn't even get my picture in the paper for voting at Seacoast Church. But anyway, whatever. That's an inside joke. Apparently very newsworthy. But uh, so, so we're to go into all of these arenas, and we're to accurately reflect who God is as we are being conformed into his image every day. So God cares about my work because, number one, I'm made in his image. He's created me to be an accurate reflection of who he is. Just like a marker out here of a king that said, this is his territory. I am a marker that says this is the territory of God. Which kind of takes us to the second point. I have a purpose in his story. I have a purpose in his story. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that. What does so that mean? The next word is going to tell you what your purpose is. So that you are made this way, created in his image, so that they may rule. So that they may rule. Have you ever felt like what you do doesn't really matter in the big picture? You may feel unworthy because of sin, what you've done. You did something, you know, in 2006 that you just wish you'd have never done, or maybe it was yesterday or last week, and you feel disqualified, and it's, you're just unworthy because of what you've done, or maybe you feel like what you're doing is very insignificant. How is this anything in the big picture? This is not what I this is not what I see as something big. Or, or you may feel that life is passing you by and that your window of opportunity has already passed. There's some people, I'm talking to you right now, and that's how you feel. 
Here's what I want you to do all together. Audience participation. Take your pulse. Will you take your pulse real quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. Audience participation. Take your pulse. Okay. If you've got a pulse, God's got a plan. There's a reason you're not dead yet. Okay. All right. There's a reason you're not dead yet. God has a purpose for you. Every morning. I've told you this before. I get up. I did it this morning. I woke up and my first conscious thought, because I've been practicing it, practicing, practicing it, is this is going to be a great day because I've got a father who loves me and has a wonderful purpose for my life. That's the truth. Okay. Now, okay, go ahead and applaud if you, that'd be all right. And you're applauding, not for me, but for yourself. This is going to be a wonderful day because God loves you and he has a wonderful purpose for your life. Adam and Eve's purpose was to bring the kingdom rule of God to everything they touched. They were created in his image so that they could rule. That was their purpose, to bring the kingdom rule of God into everything they touched. Can I tell you this? Your purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into everything you touch. Some of you have wondered, what is my purpose? There it is. You were created in his image to rule. Your purpose and assignment are not the same thing. Let me break that out a little bit. Your purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into every assignment. Your assignment is where you are currently fulfilling your purpose. And let me get into that a little bit. So, your purpose. Let's talk about your purpose. You have one purpose, and that's to rule. That's to rule. Now, ruling will look different than ruling con conventional wisdom for today. All right? When we, when we think about rule, we think about, you know, well, I'm in charge, whatever. Look at what Jesus said in the New Testament. He breaks it out. Jesus called them together and said, who, who'd he call? His, his inner circle, his leaders. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. That means they assert authority or dominance over something or someone. He said they lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he says, it's going to be different. You're going to rule, but the ruling is going to look a little bit different. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter says this. He's talking to leaders in the church. He says, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watch over them, not because you must, but because you're willing. As God wants you to, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. He says, you're not going to lord it over anybody, but you're going to bring the kingdom rule of God wherever you are. And it's going to look differently. You need to be an example. What is it going to look like? It's going to look like a spirit-filled life. It's going to look like love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That is the kingdom rule of God. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, 
in verses one through three is an example of living out your purpose, bringing the kingdom rule of God into every assignment. As I said, I think a few weeks ago, I've been, I've been meditating on this verse for months and months and months and months and months. And I thought about switching that every morning I read this verse. First thing in the morning, right after saying, God, this is going to be a great day because you love me and you've got a wonderful plan for my life. I read this verse. And, and this week, actually the last couple of weeks, I thought, I got it. I'm going to switch to another verse. And the Lord said, mm, you don't got it yet. Let's keep meditating on this one. And what happens if you meditate on it, it comes back to you during the day at the right time. But he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live, drag, a life worthy of the calling that you've received. What's my calling? That's my purpose. Okay? Here's how I'm supposed to live. Be completely humble and gentle. Not quite there yet. Be patient. Ugh. Bearing with one another in love. Putting up with people who don't see life just like you do. I'm still working on it. I'm getting better. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So in every assignment, you find yourself, there should be evidence of your purpose. If your assignment is, is uh, you know, a hospital that you, you're, you, you serve in and you're going to go there tomorrow, or it's a school that you're attending or you're teaching at, or if it's a construction project, where you are in some way involved, or whatever it is. When you walk onto that assignment tomorrow, your purpose should be evident to everybody. What does that mean? You bring the kingdom rule of God in that place. They don't know what, they don't know what it is, but if they did, they would say something like this. I can sense God's kingdom rule here today. There's more love. There's more joy. There's more peace. There's more patience. There's more goodness. There's more long suffering. There's all of those. Things. Hey, there's order here and not chaos. You bring that. That's your purpose. In fact, I want you to say it out loud with me. I'm going to say it. And you repeat it. My purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into my current assignment. Let's say it again. My purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into my current assignment. Okay, so let me talk about assignments just for a minute. All right, you're, you're going to have several assignments in your lifetime. And in your assignments, you need to develop the skills to support your assignments and do it with all your heart. Regardless of what it is, I'm going to tell you what one of my pet peeves, something that just ticks me off, is when people are in an assignment that they think is beneath them, and they don't develop the skills that they need to be exceptional at that assignment. It just, it irritates me to all, all is. In fact, one of the values that we have at Seacoast for our employees, uh, love God, treat people right, get better and have a great attitude. Those are the four things. If you're, that's your, I don't control that, you control that. And we want everybody to get better. Get better. I don't care what you're doing. Get better. Read the manuals, okay? Look at YouTube. Whatever it takes, you need to do everything in your assignment, whether you like your assignment or not. You are bringing the kingdom rule of God into your assignment, and you need to do it with all of your heart. Amen? 
Amen. That's, that's fact. That's fact. In fact, there's, a, there's an employee here, I think currently is an employee, somebody was telling me about it, that was hired in a facilities team, and part of their job was to clean bathrooms. Somebody has to do it. We want them to be the cleanest thing around. And so they went and watched YouTube videos about the best way to clean bathrooms. I thought, that person's going somewhere. That person's going somewhere. Because you, you develop the skills, you get the knowledge, and you develop the skills to support your assignment, and you do it with all of your heart. Now, some of your assignments are big and long-term. You have vocational assignments. I, I'm going to list some of the ones that I had. One of the first ones I had was to wash cars in a used car lot. Wash cars in a used car lot. Boy, isn't that something. Well, you know what? I learned how to do it well. <laughs> I want to be the best, best car washer in the used car lot. Because if the cars look good, they sold them, I got a check. Besides that, I'm working for the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it's not about my assignment. It's about bringing the, my purpose, which is the kingdom rule of God, into my assignment. And what I found out, even as I was doing it, but later on, is that because of that, I was able to rub shoulders with some people that needed more than just their car washed. You follow what I'm saying? So I had that assignment. Then I graduated from there, and I made computers for Hewlett-Packard Company. And we were in the research and development part, which meant nothing that we did worked, okay? <laughs> that was my assignment. That was my assignment. And my purpose was to what? Rule. Bring the kingdom rule of God into my assignment. I pastored a small church in Illinois, planted Seacoast Church 35 years ago, just about. Uh, coached a high school basketball team, started a global church planting movement, and now I'm a part of creating a retreat for, for pastors. Now, here's what I want to say about all of that. None of those were my purpose. Those were my assignments. My purpose was what? To bring the kingdom rule of God into my assignment. All right? I can do that with any assignment. Let me say something else real quick. This is just extra. None of those were my identity either. And that's why, that's why, and a lot of people ask me this. I get asked this all the time, especially by pastors. How are you doing with, I mean, you're not even in charge at Seacoast anymore. You know, well, it was a lot better when I was, but you know what? I, no, 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 that's a joke. That is a joke. Here, here's the deal. I know a lot of guys and girls, when they get done with whatever it is that they're, they're doing, they're lost. What, what do I do now? Because it became their identity. My identity is who I am in Christ. My identity is not a church planter or a movement leader or any of that. That's not even my, 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 my purpose. That just happened to be an assignment. I'm on a brand new assignment now. I'm excited about this assignment, okay? You get that? So purpose, assignment, identity. Every day when I wake up too, one of the things I do is choose one of my identities. I'm a child of God of the living God. That's what I chose today to meditate on all day. Wrote it in my journal and that's what I'm going to, and there's all, you can look them up, 40 IMs. Just look up 40 IMs that will help you to know who your assignment is, all right? Well, my purpose is to bring the rule of God in each vocational assignment. I have a relational assignment, so I got to hurry. I started the place. Give me five more minutes, okay? Relational assignments. I've had relational assignments. I've been a son, a brother, a boyfriend. I'm still a boyfriend. My girlfriend of 50 years is sitting in the front row with me right now. 
46 years married, 50 years as a girlfriend. An assignment as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather. My purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into each relational assignment. Those are big ones. Now, I have small assignments, and so do you. Uh, they're small and they're momentary. Uh, a few weeks ago, I rode on an airplane to London. I had to do a thing in London with pastors. You need to know this about me. I hate to travel. It's, just, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not wonderful. It's a misery pain for me. I just, I hate it. And, uh, and, and this particular flight, uh, I had the opportunity to sit right by the bathroom, great smell, and, and the guy squeezed, couldn't be tighter, squeezed next to me for the next eight hours, was as different for me as the man in the moon. I don't want to talk to anybody. He's chatty, chatty, chatty. He's got his earphones in, and he's doing this stuff right here, and he's got his fingernails painted in unique, creative ways. He's as different for me as the man in the, in, in the moon. My first thoughts were, I'm sitting by a smelly bathroom, and i got to put up with this guy for eight hours. Until I immediately thought, no, this is my assignment for the next eight hours. My assignment is to bring the kingdom rule of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of that, order out of chaos into my current assignment. When I got to London, um, uh, about the second or third night there, I went out to, uh, to eat late with, with, with a group of different church people, and they got into this lively discussion about politics. And there's no, nothing wrong with a lively discussion about politics, but it got off the rails a little bit. You ever been in one of those? Off the rails just a little bit? I had read Ephesians 4 and verse 1 that reminded me of my purpose, and I was able to bring the kingdom rule of God. Just after I inflamed it a little bit, I brought the kingdom rule of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, protect the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace, because that was my assignment in my purpose in that assignment. You're, you're, you, you have little assignments, a trip to the grocery store uh, or the gym, wherever it happens to be, two words that are helpful. Gratitude for my assignment and faithfulness to my purpose. Gratitude and faithfulness. One last thought about your purpose. Your sin doesn't nullify God's purpose for your life. God didn't take away Adam and Eve's purpose when they sinned. It just got harder. That's what sin does. Sin makes things harder. We have two advantages over Adam and Eve. We have Jesus Christ who said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And we have the present day work of the Holy Spirit. Bible says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Anybody have weaknesses? Yeah. Helps us in our weaknesses. We sometimes don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes. So how do I know God cares about my work? I am made in his image. I've been given a purpose. Let me give you the third thing. He has commanded blessing over me. It says that God blessed them. God blessed them so that they could accomplish their purpose in their assignment. Now, when we started ARC, our church planting movement, Normally, a church planting organization had the y'all go ahead method of church planting. And what that meant is some couple would come and they'd want to plant a church and the leaders would go, y'all go ahead. You know, well, let's pray for you. Y'all go ahead. And uh, Billy Hornsby, who uh, was on staff here and was a co-founder of ARC, he said, what if we did more than y'all go ahead? What if we did a resource-rich environment? 
What if we, we're, we're going to give church planners everything we can to set them up for success. We're going to give them training. We're going to give them money. We're going to give them support, relationships, all of those things. And because of that, we've been able to plant over a thousand churches over the last, you know, 21 years. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. God blesses us with everything we need for success in our assignment. It's not a y'all go ahead, y'all go to work tomorrow, hope it works out for you. No, God blesses us with everything we need for success in our assignment. What did God bless us with? Go back to the scriptures. So God created mankind in his image. So he blessed us with his image. Male and female, he created them. He blessed us with a team. Someone said, if you go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, go together, get a team. Be fruitful and increase in number. He blessed us with the capacity to multiply or in the business world to scale, all right? And to rule over. He blessed us with a purpose. And then at the end, he says, and then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, every tree that has fruit and seed in it, they will be yours for food. He gave us fuel for the journey. His image, a team, the capacity to multiply, a purpose he blessed us with, and fuel for the journey. Let me give you one last scripture. As I was preparing this, about to close it down, I thought about a scripture, a saying of Jesus in the New Testament. Apparently, the whole group was hungry. And in John chapter 4, it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, urged him, Rabbi, eat something. That means we're hungry. How about you get something to eat? We'll eat with you, right? Okay. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could somebody have brought him? Somebody slip him something here? What's going on? And Jesus heard that and he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food. Jesus fuel. Jesus fuel was obedience. Obedience. He says, my, what gives me energy? What gives me fuel? That's what food's for. Give me energy. What, what gives me energy is to do the will of the Father who sent me and to complete his work. And here's what's interesting is Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, I don't have it, but you guys know this one. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things that you need for success will be added you. you need energy? I'll give you energy. You need resources? I'll give you resources. You need a team to help you multiply? I'll give you that. If you, if you need friendship, I'll give you that. Everything that you need. As you seek first, the obedience, obedience, obedience is the fuel that brings energy. So where do you need energy right now? Which assignment is wearing you out? Might be a vocational assignment. Might be a relational assignment. A little bit of self-reflection at the end of the message. Am I being obedient to the known will of God? Sometimes, sometimes things are hard because we're not in alignment with God. That, not all the time. Sometimes God, when you're in alignment, God takes you through hard stuff, okay? But sometimes we're not in, a, in alignment with God. God says, you know what? God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And you may be proudly saying, this is how I do it. 
This is the order. It might be in your finances. It might be in your relationships. It might be in how you handle, you know, personal private things. You might not be in alignment. And so just reflect. Where, 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 which, which assignment is wearing you out? Am I being obedient to the known will of God? Jesus said, my food, my energy comes from doing the will of the Father. Here's what I want you to do. During response, I want you to go to a cross. And say, God, I believe this to be the will of God. I'm not sure I'm following you wholly in this. Here it is. I'm going to give you my finances. I'm going to give you my, my sexuality. I'm going to give you my relationships. I'm going to give you my kids. I'm going to give you whatever it is that I'm holding back. And I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. For others of us, maybe the same people, we're going to come for prayer. Here's what I've asked the prayer teams to do at every campus and here at this campus. Is we have prayer teams here and at various levels in this building. And I want the prayer teams to be available to pray, but I want to be, I want to be a prayer of blessing this week. If you feel like, listen, I want, I want God's blessing in, in, in what, I, what my assignment is right now or in accomplishing the purpose that he's given me. Uh, come for blessing. And I've asked the prayer team, short prayers, short prayers. Don't, don't, don't give long prayer requests, okay? This time you come and you say, I need God to bless me vocationally. I need God to bless me relationally, whatever it is that you're struggling with. And the prayer team is just simply going to pray God's blessing and they're going to, they're going to convey that to you. Okay? I, I think some great things are going to happen as we do. Let, let, let me pray for you right now. Let me pray for you before we do that. Lord, thank you. I'm so grateful for this wonderful group of people. God, I pray that you would help to convey the truth in your word to us that it would settle deeply in our hearts. That that doesn't apply, let it go away. But God, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in the next few minutes as we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Does God care about my work? You're made in his image. You've been given a purpose and you live in his blessing. Um, we're gonna respond. I've already told you one of the ways is we're gonna, are we in, are we in alignment with God's word, the known will of God? You, you don't have to search for that. I mean, God reveals it to you. You know, there might be an area that you go, ah, no, that I'm probably not doing the right thing here. Give it to God. Get in alignment. That's all you do. Give it to God. Get in alignment. Some of us, and this is the, the important thing right here, is uh, for all of us, sin has marred the image of God. Sin makes life hard. And here's, here's a, a big one is that sin separates us from God. And unless you do something about that, the ultimate separation is eternal separation from God. God didn't do that. That's choices that we make. And uh, here's what I did a long time ago, and a lot of the people here have done, is I just simply said to God, God, I am a sinner. I see that my sin separates me from you. I also see that Jesus came and he was a sacrifice for my sin so that I could have relationship with you. And you know what? When I prayed that the first time, I didn't understand hardly any of it. I just knew I was a sinner and, and God wanted me to be a part of his family. And you know what? That's okay. Or you may theologically have it all together and ready to go, whatever. But I, I, I want you to, to think about that and go, have I, done, have I said God, I want to be a part of your family. Thank you for Jesus. And go ahead and tell him that. And then be infused with the power of the Holy Spirit that he brings.
when we submit our lives to him. It's during our response time. Maybe that's a prayer that you want to pray. Some of you are going to come and you're going to ask for God's blessing or you're going to go to the crosses or receive communion. Uh, go light a candle for a friend that you wish was here and heard the message and they can hear it online later if you'll ask them and share the link. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing and celebrate an awesome God. We're going to give our gifts and give sacrificially. And uh, we're going to celebrate God. But here's, here's the question. What's God saying to you? And how are you going to respond to him? Let's respond to him together.